the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson. And what a weekend. Again, I will say, TGIM, thank God it's Monday. Because I had a honeydew list a mile long. And I got it done. Yeah. And I grilled a steak, because you know what? I'm a man, and masculinity is not toxic. Thank you very much. The shirt that I'm wearing is kind of toxic, though. Uh, I haven't taken a shower yet this morning. No, I'm just, I'm just playing, making a joke. Anyway, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Uh, much on the show today. Special guest conservative firebrand Gen Zer Caitlin Bennett, who has a, a really cool TV channel called Liberty Hangout TV, and she confronts uh, Gen Zers and others with regard to uh, the absurd contradictions and hypocrisy of the left. And she does it with uh, with intelligence and occasionally a sense of humor, which is kind of nice. So she'll join us very shortly. Um, obviously, Donald Trump's big speech over the weekend in Ohio, which was boom, huge, mic drop. We're going to get to that in just a second. Hammer thrower Gwen Berry made headlines for turning away from the American flag as she threw a temper tantrum when the national anthem was played at the U.S. Olympic track and field trials. Now, she is a Gen Zer. She is a spoiled, entitled brat. And she threw a tantrum on the uh, on the stage. And and she thought it was all about her, by the way. She literally thought it was all about her. Wait do you hear the details on this, this pathetic, and I mean, she stepped in it. This wasn't, uh, you know, the Olympics of the 1960s holding up the fist. This was just a spoiled, entitled brat throwing a temper tantrum. She said that the music played, Barry shifted her, well, she didn't say it, her left hand on her hip and fidgeted. Then she took a quarter turn. She was facing the stands, rolling her eyes, and uh, she uh, plucked a black T-shirt with the words activist athlete emblazoned on her front and draped it over her head. Okay? And listen to this. this it, it was all about her. She said that event organizers played the national anthem uh, when she was receiving uh, her prize to single her out. She said, I felt like I was set up. They did it on purpose. I was paved to be honest wow from espn barry found it to be uh, no matter of consequence that she was uh, front and center during the anthem unlike the olympics anthems aren't uh, played to accompany medal ceremonies of the trial but the hammer throwers received their awards just before the start of the evening session which had been kicking off all week with a videotaped rendition of the star-spangled banner in fact barry admitted the national anthem doesn't speak for her she said they uh, <clears throat> said they were going to play it before we walked out, and then they played it when we were out there. But I really don't want to talk about the anthem because it's not important. The anthem doesn't speak for me. It never has. We'll go live somewhere else, you loser. According to U.S. Dragon Field spokesman Susan Hazard, the national anthem was to play at 5.20 p.m. We didn't wait until the athletes were on the podium. For the Hammer Awards, uh, the national anthem is played every day according to a previously published schedule. That's it. And uh, this is uh, her coming in third place, by the way. My purpose and my mission is bigger than sports. I'm here to represent those who died due to systematic racism. That's the important part. That's why I'm going. That's why I'm here today. You don't deserve to represent the country. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Jim Hoft wrote in Breitbart today, put things in perspective. Gwen Berry is a racist who insults all those Americans who went to war to free the slaves. In 1865, my great-great-grandfather Christian Hoff was discharged from the Union Army following the Civil War to free slaves. Christian Hoff was an Iowan farmer from Germany who fought in over a dozen battles as a Yankee soldier. Today, evil activists want to erase this part of American history. My family was not rich, did not own slaves, and was not associated with anyone who owned slaves. Yet, my great-great-grandfather fought in the Civil War because his government called on him, and it was the right thing to do. Uh, she's being hammered, even though she's a hammer athlete. <laughs> yeah, and she should be. And the backlash is gigantic. 
and it's not going to stand. This is not going to stand. Her name is Mud. Her name is Mud, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, wow. Wow. Harvard poll, 80% of Americans see the border as a disaster, want to Trump closure, restored, reject teaching critical race theory. Once again, the left is on the wrong side of history. The Biden administration is failing big time with its inability to control illegal immigration, adding to it one of several issues that could doom Democrats if left unchecked. In the Harvard-Harris poll, 80% said the illegal immigration is a serious issue and one that needs more attention than what President Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris are giving. And by the way... In a very cynical move on Friday, she stopped in El Paso, a thousand miles away from the real hotbeds of uh, illegal immigration. And uh, it turns out it was a layover for her flight to a home in Oakland, California over the weekend. Yeah. She did it because Donald Trump's going this week. And if you hear otherwise, uh, you're being played. Once more, 68% said that signals from the Biden's White House are encouraging illegal immigration, and 55% believe that former President Donald Trump's border closing policies should have been left in place. Pretty cool. On schooling and education, another sleeper issue, 61% do not believe students should be taught that America is structurally racist or is dominated by white supremacy. Yeah, they're going to be on the wrong side of history. They're going to be on the wrong side of history. Donald Trump spoke in Ohio over the weekend, an epic, epic, beautiful, fantastic speech. And it led right into my show on the on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World, which was pretty cool. Here he is initially torching Joe Biden. I like to refer to him as his administration as Welcome Back Carter. After just five months, the Biden administration is already a complete and total catastrophe. <laughs> I told you... Crime is surging, murders are soaring, police departments are being gutted, illegal aliens are overrunning their borders. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Our poor borders, they were so perfect, they were so good. Drug cartels and human traffickers are back in business like they've never been before. They're doing numbers that they've never even thought possible. And just a few short months ago, drugs were way down. Human trafficking was way down. It was all way down. It was, mm -hmm. All they had to do is go away for a little while. Eighty-five percent uh, of illegal immigration was shut down by the Trump administration's policies. It's beautiful. But the schools, when you take a look at schools and you look at all of the things that happen, left-wing indoctrination camps, Critical race theory Joke. is being forced on our military. Gas prices are spiking, inflation is skyrocketing, and China, Russia, and Iran are humiliating our country. Joe Biden is destroying our nation right before our very own eyes. Pretty much. The number one priority for everyone who wants to save America is to pour every single ounce of energy you have into winning a gigantic victory in the midterms and in 2024. There you go. There you go. Here he is uh, talking about the uh, border flood and how it started because of policy, not global warming or climate change. Immediately upon taking office, 
Joe Biden deliberately and systematically through his people, because I don't think he did it. No. <laughs> dismantled America's border defenses and incited a flood of illegal migrants like this country has never seen. They violated our laws from every single corner of the globe. They were invited in and we can't do that. We can't afford it. We can't have it. We can't have people coming out of prisons. We have no idea who they are. Illegal border crossings are now up 976% since just a short few months ago. The highest in 20 years, which would say that it's policy that's causing it. Duh. When I left office, we gave the new administration the most secure southern border our country had ever seen Pretty by much. far. Pretty much. We ended the ridiculous catch and release. You know what that is. You catch them and you release them into our country. A brilliant policy. And they're back at that now. We ended asylum fraud. We built almost 500 miles of very beautiful, very successful wall. Yep. That was working. Texas has resumed the building, by the way. And it would have been, oh, thank you. That's a friend of mine. He's a conductor. <laughs> He's talking about this train that was going by. That was really cool, actually. It was really funny. He was, uh, he was able to uh, to turn that into uh, a part of the speech. Wonderful. Here he is talking about the uh, disastrous Paris Climate Accords and uh, making drugs cheaper by going to uh, favored nations. The Paris Environmental Accord. How nice is that, right? And I ended it. I said, I'm going to get killed. Everybody loved it when I ended it. Everybody loved it. Yep. But we have to pay trillions. He put us immediately back without even negotiating. Just the same horrible deal. <laughs> you know, China doesn't kick in for many years. Russia doesn't kick in. India doesn't kick in. But we kick in. He's pushing trillions of dollars in new spending and the largest tax hike in history. He's putting onto the American people and American industry. It's going to be devastating. He puts America last. We put America first. It's very simple. Very, very simple. And we rebuilt our military, and we did so much. We did so much. Even right to try. I always mention, you know, many people are being saved with right to try. The FDA is slow as hell. I wouldn't say they love me too much. I push them very hard. But now if people are dying, they're terminally ill. Instead of going to Asia, to Europe, to other countries to try and live, which was not very successful, because we have the greatest doctors, scientists, and labs in the world. Now if somebody's terminally ill and we have a cure that we think could be worked out good, but it's going to take four years, five years, they sign a document and they go and they take this new medication, whatever it may be, and it's been unbelievably successful. They've been trying to get it approved for 45 years. But it took somebody from the private sector to actually kick it in the rear end. Here he is talking about CRT, critical race theory, and America's uh, weak need politically correct generals. Earlier this year, the Biden administration issued new rules pushing twisted critical race theory into classrooms across the nation. And also into our military, our generals and our admirals are now focused more on this nonsense than they are on our enemies. You see these generals lately on television? 
They, they are woke. Jenner Millie. They're woke. Yeah. Our military will be incapable of fighting and incapable of taking orders. You're going to tell some private, private, stand up. You stand up right now. I'm not standing up. You can't talk to me that way, General. We're going to have a whole different ballgame here. I don't know how they're going to work that out. Yeah. The, the private's going to tell the general, don't you ever speak to me that way, General. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> Here he is talking about CRT in schools. But the schools, when you take a look at schools and you look at all of the things that happen, left-wing indoctrination camps, critical race theory is being forced on our military, gas prices are spiking, inflation is skyrocketing. And China, Russia, and Iran are humiliating our country. Yeah, we already heard that. But anyway, here he is talking about the uh, fake news and calling them out again. Together, we will send Joe Biden and the fake news media. There's a lot of people back there. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> fake news, it's lost 80% of its audience in the case of MSNBC and, of course, CNN show like Brian Stelter. Look at that. <laughs> They're suffering, and I love it. Do you miss me? They miss me. (laughs) (laughs) They miss me. I know. They look at their bad ratings and they're saying, we miss this guy. I said it was going to happen. I was waiting for them to endorse me, actually. (laughs) I know that was a big step, but they're going down the tubes. Their numbers are very bad. Oh, and he's been right about everything, guys. He has been right about everything. I mean, if you look at all the list of the major priorities, he was right about everything. This is the loudest chant of the night. Let's hear if you can uh, figure out what they're saying. The first vaccine was known to be effective before the election. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. Trump won. You think that's going away by censoring people on social media? By saying they're conspiracy theorists, you'd be wrong. Wow. Wow. Here's the big finale, the big finale. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. Yeah, we are. So with American pride swelling in our hearts and American courage stirring in our souls, I say these words to you tonight. We will make America powerful again. Yeah, we will. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. Thank you. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Ohio. Thank you. Thank you very much. And here comes the village people. There you go. (laughs) And people, as far as the eye can see, oh, there's a storm a-coming. Here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. uh, Quick comments at the beginning of the rally. Then we're going to go to our special guest, Caitlin Bennett of Liberty Hangout TV. Because in the halls of Congress, every single day, I'm fighting for you, America. Bet you are. (laughs) 
Now let me give you just a few reasons why the D.C. swamp hates me so much. Yeah, and they do. Because I want to impeach Joe Biden. Woo! Waters. Yes. <laughs> Drain the swamp, people. And I want to fire Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and talk to uh, Caitlin Bennett. She is the most hated conservative woman on the internet. She's 25 years old. Started a few years ago, and uh, she is absolutely amazing. Liberty Hangout TV is her TV uh, site, I guess. You can uh, you can see it. You can also see the uncensored version of it as well. Let's go ahead and uh, introduce you to her. Yeah. I'm Bennett, and I'm the most hated conservative woman on the internet. There we go. Okay. Back up with your video camera killing people. Wow. Back up. Back up. Since taking my graduation photo at Kent State University two years ago, I've been the left's favorite. By the way, she was carrying a uh, an AR. Favorite target online, second only to Donald Trump. Wow. And she did this all on her own. I want to find out how this started, where she learned this, and let's call her, shall we? This is going to be fascinating, I promise. Hello! Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good. Glad to have you on here. I know you are exceedingly busy. I can completely relate, by the way. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. I'm a big admirer of yours. Um, I remember your initial graduation photo from Kent State where you had the uh, AR and the hat, and it's all kind of been history since then. You've become kind of a, uh, I guess, a Gen Z conservative icon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you became this, where, where you came from, and did you expect it to, you know, to this extent in your life to be such a major part of it? Sure. So I started off just doing activism on my campus at Kent State. And because the school pushed back really, really hard, and even the students tried to get me expelled three times, I decided that I was going out with a bang, no pun intended there. So uh, (laughs) Ohio's laws regarding guns on public campuses is that if it's a public campus and a state-funded university, then guests can carry their firearms openly on on campus, but the school gets to allow if students can do the same thing. Uh, so the day I graduated, I was no longer a student. I was a guest. So I took my <laughs> rifle there just to prove a point. Wow. And ever since then, it just, that picture blew up. It led me to many opportunities. Yeah. And I, kind of just, I just rolled with it. I said, let's see where this is going to go. And I started talking about other things rather than just guns. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted to branch out. I wanted to talk about all of my conservative values and my opinions, not just firearms. And now I am, um, you know, I'm I'm doing well for myself. I just have my YouTube channel. It's me and my husband and it's now a full-time career. That's what we do. (laughs) Wow. So what did you go to school for though? Biology. For bi- 
<laughs> wow. Wow. I would expect you, uh, you know, to, to toss aside a, uh, you know, a degree in like uh, lesbian poetry or something, which you're offering on now, I think, but not biology. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. So tell me a little bit about, uh, and I want to get into your perspective as a Gen Z person, because my kids are Gen Z, and I'm very curious about it, and I've got my thoughts about Gen X versus Gen Z we'll get to here, but where did your beliefs come from? I'm assuming your parents, um, maybe your parents were rush babies. Tell us about where you became this firebrand and why you felt it was important to be active on campus. It was in eighth grade. My parents have never been political. They've never even taught me how to shoot a gun or anything like that. (laughs) It was in eighth grade. I had a teacher. It was a history professor. Well, I guess just a teacher is public education in eighth grade. And he just drilled it into our heads how bad communism was. He made us write uh, papers about, you know, how bad communism was. And if you tried to disagree with them, he'd put you in the front of the class and basically, you know, light you on fire to have you defend, uh, you know, things like communism and banning free speech and banning guns. It's so weird because usually it's the opposite. And he always talked about Glenn Beck. He always talked about Rush Limbaugh. And ever since then, that just stuck with me so much. So I owe everything to him. And ever since then, I went around with my posters. You know, of course, I was in middle school and high school, you know, Mitt Romney and everything when that Mm -hmm. election was going on. I really didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But he really instilled those values into me. And ever since then, that's that's what I've believed in. That is remarkable because Ron DeSantis has just uh, made a statement that he is going to uh, institute education about the evils of communism in the state of Florida. And I think that's amazing because it's been shifting in the other direction for decades. We've been, uh, you know, academics sit around in, in uh, faculty lounges and defend communism. And I've, I've heard this argument for 40 years of my life that uh, communism is actually the best form of government. It just hasn't been tried and, and it hasn't been right. impl- implemented successfully. Uh, forgetting the fact that it left, uh, you know, a trail of 100 million bodies last century is absolutely nonsense. That happened to you, honestly, is so rare. Um, and, and I'm sure that man would be drummed out of academia immediately. That's if- why I don't say his name. That's why good, I've, I've good. never said his name. Good. I, I've had high school teachers that have Hillary Clinton dolls on their desk, and oh. they tried to tell us that the movie Frozen was made after Hillary Clinton breaking <laughs> glass ceilings. And I'm just like... I'm so glad you are not my eighth grade teacher. No, no, it's because of, because she's so cold. That's that's the reason. That's the reason <laughs> exactly. why. That's the reason why. So you are a uh, Gen Zer. Um, we had the boomers. The boomers got all the attention. The boomers were the uh, they threw a temper tantrum in the late sixties. I, I didn't agree with this to Vietnam, but but they kind of uh, were this kind of spoiled generation of the greatest generation children. And then we moved into Generation X. Generation X, we changed the world with music. We changed, you know, we, our Lollapalooza was our um, Woodstock, and we didn't make it political. And then comes along the millennials, and the millennials are this kind of known for being snowflake generation, kind of weak, you know. Um, and all of this is Gen Z kind of turning against that generation and maybe kind of more like Generation X to you or no? I'm like right on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. I think I am the first 
year that you could be part of Gen Z. So I can't relate to a lot of them, but I've heard that argument a lot. I don't see it. If you go on TikTok, if you go on Twitter, if you go in my inbox, it is all Gen Z teenagers who are either threatening to kill me, threatening to torture my family. Uh, They all have their pronouns in their bio. They've got that they're mentally ill. They've got depression. They've got anxiety. And they're non-binary and genderqueer i don't see it but also maybe the people who you're talking about don't dabble in this social media stuff so we aren't seeing it i can't wait for the future to see what happens um because either way it is what it is and i've kind of accepted that uh things are not going too well well you know you're uh, what are you like 24 25 years old and yeah uh, i remember when i was 25 i i took criticism very personally and you are being attacked and are there days that you want to go maybe this isn't worth it what keeps you going and keeps you from just throwing up your hands and going into hiding it was my husband oh well He's now my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time that we took the picture. There were several nights where I would just sit there and read how much people hated me. And I just, I don't know why I did that. Looking back now, I, I don't know why I consumed myself with the hate. I would constantly skip over the positive messages of people who just loved what I did. And I would purposely read only the negative ones. I don't know why I did that. It was a biology major. I'm very interested about why I would choose to do that. But I don't know. Now, today, I can't tell you how much I don't care. When I'm done working, when I'm done posting on social media, I go in my kitchen and I bake cakes. I bake pies. (laughs) I watch watch TV shows. I decorate my house. And I don't pay attention to anything else that's going on. Very, very good at separating my work from my personal life and I don't know I think that's that's a gift and that's a blessing that I'm able to do that now you know I think we're very similar because I do the same thing except for I don't do dessert I buy dessert (laughs) Uh, I always say if dessert were made of meat I would eat dessert Uh, but I've got like a hundred cooking videos on the web that's how I originally went viral was with cooking videos No way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it's crazy. It. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Now, you've, you've covered some different things on your on your videos and the Liberty Hangout TV. You've got to, you've got to watch them. And I love, like the other day, you confronted um, liberals on the beach with Kamala Harris comments about the border. And they turned out they were Trump quotes. And you started off with uh, an African-American uh, couple uh, saying that Trump is evil. Trump is awful. And to find out that it was Kamala Harris saying, don't come here. And they immediately turned and said oh we're sorry i couldn't believe that i couldn't believe the apology i know i know (laughs) these people they don't apologize for anything and she was so she was embarrassed she was so embarrassed that her only reaction was to apologize but uh they were super sweet people they just had really staunch feelings about donald trump and i think that that hit a nerve with them that maybe they won't be so quick to open their mouths next time. Well, the people you interview are largely profoundly ignorant. And when they are confronted with facts, I would assume you either get, well, you're wrong or they they march away because they've been, uh, you know, uh, they've been offended. Or I would assume very rarely do people actually apologize and say they were wrong. No, this is this is probably the first case where someone has apologized. Usually it's you're the racist gun girl. And I'm like, well, where's your proof? And then they either put their hands on me or they flip me off 
Wow. insult me, tell me I'm ugly, and then walk away. So this is the first time someone's apologized. Wow. You had another one where you uh, you were talking about, um, apparently a birthing person is now replacing a mother in some very, very uh, fringe places, including uh, Joe Biden's budget. Um, you had confronted people about whether fathers should be men, which again, should be fairly obvious to any thinking person or just anybody with a lick of common sense. What was the reaction you got on that? So there were a ton of young people, so Gen Z, like we were talking about, who refused to say that fathers were men. There was actually one Gen Zer who went on to say that her lesbian mom was her dad. And I had to be the one, you know, sorry, I had to be the one to break it to her that she just has a mom. And then her mom has a girlfriend. She has she has no dad. <laughs> she has no dad because those are both women. And I've tried to explain to a couple of them that it's very insulting to dress a man up in lipstick and high heels and call him a woman. Yes. Um, I'm a woman. And that's not what I am. I'm not lipstick and high heels. I'm much yeah. more than that. So yeah. there's a bigger conversation to be had about this whole gender ideology. But it's nonsense. Basic, basic people on the street believe this stuff. It's it's nonsense. It's, it's utter, utter, utter nonsense. The uh, the inmates are in charge of the asylum. Um, I am not an inseminating person. I am a father. Uh, it takes a lot more. Yes. It takes more than just uh, wearing a suit and uh, testosterone to get a beard to become a man, a man. Yes. And, and it takes more than tucking something and throwing some makeup on to be a woman. Man, by the you. way, let me just go ahead and add this. Masculinity isn't toxic. Okay, masculinity <laughs> won wars. Masculinity built skyscrapers. Masculinity sent people to the moon. Masculinity invented the automobile and the airplane. Nothing against it. Women were involved, but there's nothing wrong with being masculine, and there certainly is nothing wrong with being feminine. A lot of people, when they step back and they take a look at the people who aren't consumed by Twitter and TikTok, and they talk to average, everyday people yeah. in rural America. They crave that women actually crave a masculine man yep. and men crave feminine women who need them and who rely on them. And men want to provide. Yep. If we get away with those roles, I really think our country is just going to go absolutely crazy because people yeah. won't know their role in society. And then it really becomes a mind game. And that's another conversation. Yeah. Well, to me, it, it is a big deal to be a provider. And when I was out of work and I've, I've experienced a couple periods like that. Uh, a sense of dread and worthlessness comes over you. And, and there's no prouder moment than when I can go to the grocery store and I, and I do all the shopping, by the way, and all the cooking. Um, and, Amazing. And I can provide for my family. It means it, it, I am the happiest when I'm able yes. to do that. And there's no shame. And I think there's a backlash. I got to tell you, Caitlin, I got to tell you, there is a backlash going on right now. It's going on with school board meetings in liberal Loudoun County, Virginia. I've had Azra Nomani on. I've had others. What it is, it's a fight back against the left by some liberals and all conservatives. And it's happening everywhere. Public education is the worst thing you could do for your child. I, it's funny I say that because my public education is what sent me down this path. Yeah, yeah. But I think overall that was, gosh, that was a decade ago, if not more. Yeah. Things are not the same. They have changed so drastically. I honestly believe that as conservative parents, people, I'm not a conservative parent. I'm not a parent at all yet. Yeah. But um, I think that we've realized this too late. 
that education is super important and that it's infested like with cockroaches. That's the liberal ideologies infested with these cockroaches. You can't do anything about it now because we've let it slip through our fingers. Get your kids out of those schools and homeschool them. I, I really, really believe in that. I would love to do that. Unfortunately, the kids would lose me about in second grade with regard to math. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But but I listen, I appreciate you being on the show and I would love to have you on again to get your perspective. I just think what you're doing is amazing. You are suffering a lot of slings and arrows for your beliefs. And I think that's what true patriots do. Um, Liberty Hangout TV, you can actually join Liberty Hangout TV. Just tell us real quick about that, because I would love, you know, maybe if you're the parent of a, a Gen Z or you might say, hey, just check out this video. Check out this one where all these people thought Donald Trump was evil. Tell us about right, that. Right. So. I have a YouTube channel, Liberty Hangout, and then Liberty Hangout TV is where I put all of my uncensored content. It's behind a payroll to to support my work, but uh, there's a lot of censorship going on out there, so we created our own website where I can say whatever I want, and that's where you can find it. Have you ever ever been booted from uh, YouTube? Because I've been booted from YouTube. I've been booted. I got booted from Parler. Uh, What? and, And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I know Dan Bongino, who's a principal. Parler took down my account with no explanation at all, and I post the same content to one Facebook page, and is a, it hasn't been taken down. So have you been? We have to be weary when people come out with these free speech. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. I yeah, know. I yeah. know. I don't have time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, you got to be weary about these about these things. Let's cover that. Let's cover that the next time. Uh, Caitlin, thank you so much. Great to talk to you today. Uh, have a glorious week and keep up the good fight. You too. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Mike. She really kicks butt. Yeah, Liberty Hangout TV. LibertyHangout.tv is what it is. Uh, we got a couple other things I want to get to. Alan Dershowitz was on the Saturday report on Newsmax. Former President Donald Trump's lawyers were informed Friday that the Manhattan DA's office is considering criminal charges, trumped up charges against the Trump organization related to fringe benefits. The company awarded a top executive. This is a full-blown witch hunt of Donald Trump because they know he's coming back. They know he's coming back. They also took away Rudy Giuliani's law license. Here's Alan Dershowitz saying that is Falderall. Will this suspension hold up in your opinion? I do not think so. It was done without due process. He didn't have a hearing. He didn't have an opportunity to prove either that what he said was true or that if it wasn't true that he didn't know it. That's number one. Uh, Number two, the criteria under which he was uh, essentially disbarred because they basically said this will be permanent later on. Witch hunt. The, the criteria is so vague. <clears throat> it says anybody who says anything to a third party that turns out not to be true. I mean, my God, there'd be no lawyers left. Right. Uh, plea bargain negotiations always involve puffing of your side. Time to fight back, kids. Always involve exaggerations. I taught legal ethics for 35 years at Harvard. I've never seen a case like this. Yeah, it's just like taking on your political opponents and saying, well, we're going to pull your law license. I mean, it looks- There can be nothing more evil than using uh, uh, your office to uh, persecute someone and uh, come up with charges that are BS uh, and then uh, persecuting him, possibly imprisoning him. That is evil. That's just evil, 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 evil. And the Democrat Party particularly is evil. We know that Kamala Harris did a layover in El Paso, a thousand miles away from where the real border crisis is. Here is Rob Schmidt talking with uh, Art Del Cueto. He is the vice president of the, the Border Council talking about the uh, dog and pony show that is what is happening at the border with Kamala. 
Uh, it, it was nothing more than checking a box. Uh, that's all it is. And you know what's disturbing, though? When they start talking about uh, hoping to get some kind of immigration reform, all that does is that the message goes down to different parts of the world, and now that causes more of an incentive to come into the United States, continue to break our laws. You mentioned the Rio Grande Valley earlier. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's number one right now with the amount of apprehensions that they're getting. The numbers are going up in Laredo. The numbers are going up in Del Rio, a place that uh, before had been a lot more calm. And then you turn around and you look at the Tucson sector, who right now leads the entire country when it comes to gotaways. Yep. Those are the individuals that have been able to evade arrest and are now inside the U.S. Kamala Harris's visit to the border was a fake photo op stopover. Now, the numbers that they have out there, you got to remember, that's just a guess. That's yeah. not an accurate number. So more than likely, in the past, through history, we've seen that number be much bigger than what they have. So nationwide, gotaways, you're looking at over 240,000. That's to add the one uh, million uh, over 1 million apprehensions. Yep. Out of those 240,000, over 84,000 of those are in Tucson sector. But Vice President Harris chose to go to El Paso, an area that is pretty much more contained than anywhere else. And and we all know it. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Here's a little bit more with Art Del Cueto. It's, it's a dog and pony show, and, and it's a let me check the box so I can say Obviously. I already went to the border. Yeah, a, a million arrests is the number that comes out today, and I'm sure they hate that that came out today. Still three months left in the fiscal year. Uh, I mean, how, how bad are the ramifications of something like that? How overwhelmed uh, are your guys on the border? They must just feel completely overwhelmed. Well, I just think law enforcement everywhere. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know some people see what happens on the southern border, but realistically, these individuals that are coming through, the drugs, the sex traffickers, all that's happening down here, it's not just staying on the border. It's going into other places of the United States. It's going to middle America. Essentially, right now, every law enforcement officer in the country, every single one, yep. is, is a border officer because yep. of the issues that we're seeing. And, and let me add, She's down there on the border in El Paso, where the ports of entries have still been closed. So people enter legally to, so they can help the economy and then go back to their country. You know, the people that come for the weekend and they oh, sure. spend in different businesses. Listen They're this. still not allowed to come into the United States. Wow. However, if you enter illegally, oh, yeah. you get released in the U.S. and you get to stay. By the way, in case you didn't notice, crime is spiking across America in Democrat-run cities, far-left progressives. Who advocate radical criminal justice reform policies like defund the police claim abolishing traditional policing uh, systems will benefit minority communities. But according to the New York Times, Hispanic and black communities aren't buying what the far left is saying. Yeah, yeah. So Eric Adams, he is the Democrat candidate for New York City mayor. The reason being he's a former police captain who denounces radical anti-police policies. Won a 10-point preliminary lead. One in New York City. The Times explained what Adams' success means in terms of far-left Democrat policies and minority voters in a contest that's centered on crime and public safety. Eric Adams, who emerges as the leading Democrat, focused much of his message on denouncing progressive slogans and policies that he said threaten the lives of black and brown babies, and we are pushing a lot of white affluent people. Yeah. Hakeem Jefferson, an assistant professor of political science at Stanford, he says the average black voter shares more in common with Adams than, say, AOC. Black people talk about politics in more practical and everyday terms. What makes more sense for people who are often distrustful of broad political claims is something that's more in the middle. The median black voter is not AOC. 
is not AOC, but here is AOC, who is about as uh, smart as a box of rocks without the rocks, uh, saying that, uh, that this is all crime hysteria. There's really not an uptick in crime and murders and violence and all that stuff. We are seeing these headlines about percentage increases. Now, I want to say that any amount I'm getting stupider when I hear of harm is unacceptable and too much. Four plus five equals one. But I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this one plus one equals giraffe doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context so that we can make responsible decisions about what to allocate um, in that context. Yeah, she speaks in uh, faculty lounge gobbledygook. That's another language. Did you know that? Here she is doubling down on defunding the police resources. But I agree with Representative Bowman um, that. Uh, I do believe that we need to ra- reallocate resources away and that a big, wow. you know, major causes um, yeah. of this. And by the way, I also think it's it's important context because we hear on the news and media, they perpetuate this idea of crime wave, crime wave, crime wave. Right. Yeah, there is and one. So this idea that a lot of us are panicked, thinking that we are at some unprecedented level we that are. we've never seen before. Yeah. But the con- I guess she got cut off. Maybe it, it got too stupid. Maybe my computer just crashed because the stupid was so overwhelming. Unbelievable. I'm going to wrap up the show today, guys. And I want to thank Caitlin Bennett for joining me. This is one of the most important speeches that I've heard. Something amazing happened at a school board meeting in Indianapolis. A young white girl described her own experience in school talking about how she's been made to feel guilty because she's white uh, and the over-sexualization of the curricula where where girls particularly are in class and the teacher that they trust suddenly starts talking about masturbation and, uh, you know, uh, bisexuality. It is an affront. It is an affront. It's like an assault. I want you to listen to her because this is powerful. This comes from someone who's experienced abuse This comes from someone who's been an advocate against child abuse and pro-fostering and adoption. Listen to what she has to say and then take this to your school board. This is remarkable. It will break your heart, but it needs to be heard. I have been in counseling as long as I can remember because I was adopted from foster care at age four. The things I've learned along the way are being challenged now. When my science or math teacher is trying to teach me how to be emotionally, and why are they teaching me about sexuality and how to identify? I don't want to hear about sexuality during class in front of other students because that should be a private thing. This should be left in the homes, in between students and counselors or one-on-one conversations. This has been a very traumatic part of my past, and the more the school focuses on sexuality, the more it affects me and my anxiety. It leaves confusion and frustration in my mind, and I don't know how to deal with that because they only focus on more content I feel hurt about. For example, I was told I have white privilege. How can a child born in an abusive drug and alcohol abuse home who lost her entire biological family that has experienced all forms of abuse and neglect be privileged? I want you to listen to that again. 
I want you to listen to that for those who would just say that because of the color of one's skin that they are privileged. I want you to listen to this. And if you've ever called a white person white privilege just because they're white, I hope you're ashamed of yourself. But chances are you don't have any shame. Privilege happened in my mind. And I don't know how to deal with that because they only focus on more content I feel hurt about. For example, I was told I have white privilege. How can a child born in an abusive drug and alcohol abuse home who lost her entire biological family that has experienced all forms of abuse and neglect be privileged? If you found a child at 15 months in a home with holes in the floor eating cat poop, would you consider them privileged? Just asking because when I was told that I was told that I was so upset and cried myself to sleep. We have to stop the stereotypes and bitterness towards groups because it gets us nowhere but divided. I have no friends and can say HSE again has failed me. They are trying to divide us into two groups instead of bringing us together as one. Every day I felt less and less valued as a student and failed every class this past year. Academics are Demics are not important here, only how we feel and making sure we learn about sexuality, political topics, and emotional topics that teachers may or may not be able to handle. Wow. Especially with trauma children like myself. I'm happy to move on and begin a fresh start and hope that this next school will love me for me and challenge me to grow in areas that I'm good at. I just want people to love one another and the way we are doing it is wrong. Thank you for your time. I have posted that on all of my social media. And if you get the chance, you share, share that, please. I really don't have much else to say, but I hope and pray with every ounce of my being I apologize that she finds a forever home and a loving family. And I hope and pray she can get past what she's seen and experienced in her life. Pray for her. I hope there's a GoFundMe. Maybe we can change her life, cover her college expenses, whatever. But God bless her. It's so important to protect our kids. (sighs) Thank you for joining me today, guys. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you would, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Also, if you get a chance to watch Newsmax, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a wonderful network. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And we don't change our stripes. Okay? So go to NewsmaxTV.com. NewsmaxTV.com for all of the shows when they run. And NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast for all the digital programs. Or I should say platforms that this show is on. Otherwise, again, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. God bless you guys. God bless our police. God bless our military. God bless that little girl who spoke at a school board meeting in suburban Indianapolis. And above all, ladies and gentlemen, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.